Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Friday, February 10th, and it's six minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Twitter files, they came out. They exposed an extensive system of coordinated government censorship. Didn't get any media coverage. So Elon Musk pretty much gave Comer and Grassley, who are part of the select House subcommittee looking into the federal government's weaponization, Musk gave them everything they needed. But there's been no coverage from the mainstream media. And most Americans support Elon Musk exposing how the censorship occurred on Twitter under the previous ownership. In fact, the latest Rasmussen report says that 63% of Americans approve of his decision to publish the Twitter files. And how come you turn on the nightly news and even coverage of this subcommittee hearing mentions nothing about the Twitter files. Yeah, so Rogan, and we're going to see if Kev did his job here. Uh, Kev, I really hope that you uh, were on top of this. I always put on our template, uh, needs bleeped Kevin in all capitalized letters (laughs) and triple exclamation point. So, uh, Kev, let's see if we still have jobs after we get done with this audio. Go. One of the best examples of that is the Twitter files. You see no coverage of this on CNN. No coverage of this astounding collusion between intelligence agencies and a social media network to suppress accurate information that would harm the political party that's in power, which is wild. It's wild that the news isn't covering this, because like, arguably, that's as big a scandal as Watergate. It's as big a scandal as any other times in the past where we've found that there's been some really shady shit going on that would change the way people would see a narrative. Good job, Kevin. Okay, so the world of big tech been turned upside down when Elon Musk bought Twitter, and it was really a fun, wild ride. And no CEO of any other major social media platform has taken the drastic steps to pull the curtain back that Musk has done with the Twitter files. Let's just talk about a couple of things that were revealed when the Twitter files came out. The suppression of the Hunter Biden story, the existence of shadow banning, permanently suspending the account of a current sitting president, how the FBI is a subsidiary of tech, right? The FBI's influence campaign to censor the Hunter Biden scandal. They assisted the U.S. military and other government agencies. The White House was cracking down on misinformation, air quotes. How Adam Schiff's office was targeting specific accounts. How the Pfizer board members were flagging tweets that were questioning COVID vaccines. All of these things came out, and let's just not even get into Fauci, but all of this stuff came out, and yet mainstream media, nah, nothing. Crickets. One of the things that is blatantly obvious in our society is we are, we have become a mixture of two things. One, people who are completely apathetic to what's going on around them. And two, people that are, out of fear of a variety of things, unwilling to be bold enough to speak and take action 
when the time to speak and take action may produce a much better result for the community or the state or the country in which you live. And one of the things I've started doing, Casey, is we prepare to have this baby, is mm-hmm. I've started writing a daily journal to mm-hmm. my child. Mm-hmm. And it's twofold. One, so that my child can track or will know, have a record of how they prepared to enter this earth and what was happening on a daily basis. But two, to also understand and begin to understand not only where this child's mother came from, but where I came from Mm -hmm. and the people who came before us came from so that they can understand their role in the family and their role and importance in history and how their the, the unique ability they have as a human being to alter society for good. And one of the things I, I was writing about last night is that we so often have a society that is riddled by fear because either someone is worried they won't be liked by the connected group or someone will attempt a, re- a retribution of them on some sort and of some sort. And people who have the immense ability to do so much good do not utilize that and the bad guys win. And in this case, it is so often the government being the bad guys win because we do not stand up and publicly say what needs to be said. And I, I told my child, I said, I my immense hope for you if you get nothing else from me as you read these things and you watch me as you grow is that you will always find a a duty to stand up for what is right and the less vulnerable and those around you and those who cannot help themselves because you will always be able to look back on your life and say i stood for what was right not for what was easy. And we are completely void in the society of enough people who are willing to do that and willing to do that do that on a great stage. And that is why the things that keep happening in this country, the things that keep happening in the state, the things that keep happening in the communities in which we live keep happening. The bad people keep winning because not enough people are willing to say, I'm willing to sacrifice myself for the betterment of those around me. Well, and that's one of those things that Elon Musk was willing to sacrifice. He had no idea where it would lead him, but he was willing to push the button for truth and say, hey, this is what was going on. Now, what we do with that information is going to be up. You know, I mean, Grassley and Comer, they're saying they're going to hold the government accountable. Okay, are they? They're they're having these hearings. At the end of the day, what are they going to do about it? Will anybody be held accountable? And just like how Joe Rogan said, I mean, this is as big, probably bigger than Watergate. And we had a president who resigned because of Watergate. Yet we know everything that was going on with Twitter and the Biden administration behind the scenes and what's going to come of it. All right. When we come back, I want a little bit longer for the next segment because mm-hmm. uh there is another blatant example taking place of how just dishonest the public education system is and how you cannot trust these people. And it is these sort of things are happening all over our state 
all the time, and I'm going to give you a very specific example of this because this is another example of it ain't going to be easy to do this, Mm -hmm. but it's the right thing to do. And you people need to know what is going on in your public schools and how they are manipulating the information that you get and are not being honest brokers with you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. minutes after 10 with Kendall and KC on 93 WIBC. Trending this morning is Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. He won the NFL MVP ahead of the Super Bowl on Sunday. It's the second time he's won that award. He won it in 2018. This year he had over 5,000 passing yards. He was the, uh, which is the fourth most in NFL history at 41 touchdowns and also 12 interceptions. Also trending is the Grand Highlander. This is uh, the Toyota SUV that is made in Indiana at the Toyota plant in Gibson County. And it is making its debut at the Chicago Auto Show. It's an SUV which offers a third row of seating and 98 cubic feet of space in the cabin. It's big. It's being compared to the Kia Telluride, the Hyundai uh, Palisade, and also the Chevrolet Traverse. Yeah. Okay, so our theme for the day is dishonest brokerage from our elected and appointed officials. And if you think about kind of where we veered throughout the show today, we started with the, the weaponization of the federal government against regular citizens. Then we moved to the Indiana Republican Party claiming to be the party of low taxes, but knowing for a year about the property tax increase and doing nothing and now telling you, well, we'll tell you at the end of session in April what you're going to get. And now we move to the public education system. And what is going on in the public education system is probably the most scary thing of all and the intellectual dishonesty from these people because they have the ability to manipulate children. They have the ability to set for a generation, and they have, they've been very effective at setting for a generation people who will be totally brainwashed and taught to think as they tell them because let's be honest, most parents aren't engaged enough and they have your kids for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. And we have seen this repeatedly and we have had, you know, when we've had people like Ben Orr from the Hamilton Southeastern School Board on or Tony Kennett talks with us about uh, the time. It is so disheartening that you have to watch the public education system 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that as a parent, you just flat out cannot trust the people that you're supposed to be able to trust more than anybody else because those people are in charge of your kids. And the reason there is such backlash against public education in this state and across this country is because time and time again, the public education system has been taught, caught violating the trust, being deliberately deceptive or dishonest with parents to push a desired agenda, an agenda they see fit to be best, not necessarily the agenda that is best for your kids. And I'm going to talk about a very specific instance right here. Now, I'm going to talk about a specific instance in a specific place, but you better believe this sort of stuff is happening all over the place. It just happened to be where I live and people are more than willing to give me stuff because as we talked about last segment, I will always be the person who will raise my hand no matter how hard it is and say, I don't care how I'm seen or judged by others. I will tell you the truth. So in Brownsburg in 2020, Mm -hmm. against immense public opposition, they hired 
one of those radical DEI officers. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right. And people spoke against this. They said Brownsburg is already a loving and accepting community. All people are welcome. People go out of their way to make people feel welcome. The only reason you are doing this school board is to placate and in many cases push a radical woke left agenda. And the parents were very, there were many, many people who spoke about this, that at very best, this is a split issue. This is not some sort of community unifying thing. You are just going to divide the community by doing this. The school board, as they often do, said, kiss our ass. We're going to do whatever we want. And they hired a DEI officer. And that person that they hired Mm -hmm. was a person who is all over the internet being very divisive on a bevy of issues on a whole bunch of different topics. And it would have taken about seven seconds of Google search, which is what it took me to find it. It's readily available. That person wasn't hiding their beliefs. They were on podcasts and all sorts of other things, who this person was and their view on a, on a variety of topics. The only reason that person was hired, this very divisive person, was because that's what the school wanted. They didn't want diversity, equity, inclusion. They wanted an agenda pusher. And that agenda is the radical agenda of the school board. Now, magically, within a certain period of time, because this show and other media outlets, et cetera, began to talk about just how radical that person was, that person, the DEI officer, poof, just disappeared. She just went up into the ether somewhere. And no comment from the school corporation, Mm -hmm. no specifics on what happened. I mean, this was so important Mm -hmm. that we have this job, Casey, that we've got to divide the community and then poof, person just disappeared. Gone. No comment, no nothing, no anything. And the job, I'm going to estimate here for about a year, has kind of remained unfilled. And so at the start of the year, a group of parents who I encouraged to do this met, conservative parents met with the superintendent at Brownsburg, and they talked about a variety of issues. And part of the thing they talked about in this meeting was trust building, right? (laughs) The school board and the superintendent have violated the trust of the community. How do we rebuild the trust? Great. I think that's wonderful. One of the things they specifically asked the superintendent about, Casey, was what happened to the DEI officer? And I know other people have been told this as well, because it's what happened, that the DEI officer I don't remember exactly how it was worded. I wasn't at the meeting, but essentially didn't work out the way we wanted. And more importantly, these parents were told we are not filling that position again. They said that we're not filling it again. That's what these parents were told by the superintendent in the meeting. Okay, great. Now we're all working together and you didn't see any bombastic posts from me, even though I could have taken a victory lap or whatever. Why? Because in the best interest of the kids in that community and coming together, that DEI officer was a disaster. That position was a disaster. And it's great that that person was gone and that position was never coming back. Great. We're being honest with each other. We're working together. There's areas we disagree, but we're being honest brokers with each other. Mm-hmm. Well, then today, Casey. Uh-oh. From a little birdie, and you know my birdies are everywhere, whether it's the state house or Brownsburg schools or whatever. I uh, I get a little memo that there's a new position that the uh, Brownsburg school system is considering hiring, and I'm told maybe that's going to be presented at the uh, February 13th meeting. I don't know for sure. You know what they called this position, Casey? Mm-mm. Director of Student Learning. Okay, that seems pretty 
pretty like makes sense for a school corporation. Mm -hmm. Seems like, yeah, I mean, you would want somebody to be in charge. I mean, I thought that's what the principal did. That's why they get paid like six figure salaries and benefits and retirement and everything else. But okay. Right. You know, I'm willing to overlook that. I mean, Brownsburg, like many of these other school systems has incredibly bloated administrations with ridiculous salaries. I'm not going to call anybody out for that. What's the title? Director? Director of student learning. Of student learning. It's someone who makes sure that the students are placed in the right class, that they're getting the proper materials. They're able to learn Uh, the curriculum. Well, I'll get to the job description in a second. Now, I want to point out that this job, according to this uh, thing I'm looking at here, this job was created on January the 23rd of this year. So keep in mind, in early January, I think it was, the parents met with the superintendent Mm -hmm. who had assured them, yeah, that was a real mistake. The DEI officer didn't work out. We're not doing that And we're not bringing that back. So that was early January. According to this little thing I'm looking at here, this job was created on January 23rd, 2023. And now I'm going to read you the general description of the position. Are you ready, Casey? Director of Student Learning. Director of Student Learning. The Director of Student Learning collaborates with the curriculum, Mm -hmm. instruction, and assessment team to positively address closing the achievement gap Okay. Sounds good. Seems innocent enough. Mm -hmm. Co-leads professional development Mm. for the corporation related to increasing student learning. Okay. Okay. Seems pretty good. Yeah. And Uh lead staff development specifically in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh. So... Just a couple weeks ago or a month ago or whatever it was, you got the superintendent saying, yeah, that was bad. You, you, you know, you guys were right. You know, I mean, they didn't say that, but of course we were right. You know, you know, that, that didn't work out and we're not bringing that back. But now they're bringing it back and instead of having the guts to tell the community, yeah, we still don't give a damn about what you think and our goal is still to completely indoctrinate your children. They're just renaming it. <laughs> That's what it is. I just, I, just, Same job, new name. And think about this sort of stuff happens in communities all over the state, and it just happens to be the community I live in, and people who are looking for someone to stand up just know Rob Kendall will always stand up for you. It's Kendall and Casey. You're listening to 93 WIBC. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. Good morning. It is 1032. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 317-684-8444. That's our phone number 317-684-8444. If you would like to contribute with your questions, comments, or smart remarks, it's time for voicemails. Okay. So yesterday we got into a conversation about eggs again. And <laughs> again. Kevin teamed up with that elitist Tony Kennett uh, advocating <laughs> that the best egg is the poached egg. And uh, well, you know, Tony's an intellectual giant, and Kevin is a, a world traveler, so that doesn't shock me that those two would, uh, you know, team up together. I didn't even know what a poached egg was. Good thing we had Tony <laughs> Kinnett here to explain how it was cooked. Yeah. Yeah, because um, it's definitely a interesting process. Yeah, boy. You know how you eat your eggs, Kev? Scrambled. Mm-hmm. Over Scramble. over easy. Not an interesting process. Very easy omelet? to do. You do it in about three minutes. <laughs> uh, but we got a call about the poached egg. I, Rob, Rob, I can't let you go this alone. I gotta speak my mind on these airwaves if it gets played. You know what, everybody? Not everybody is as sophisticated as Kevin or anybody else in there. Because I had no idea what a poached egg was either. That, that's a, a what, what, first world problems. I, I don't know what a poached egg was either. I'm still kind of confused on it. 
I, I, that's all. That's all. You know. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. You know, my biggest problem with the egg is just trying to make sure the shell yeah. isn't in there. It's hard, right? Yeah. And now that you've got like ninety-seven dollars in your hand, you're even you're you're nervous about doing it. Right. You you haven't lived until you've had a nice eggs Benedict with a uh, poached egg. This is the guy who shops at the Russian deli. Mm-hmm. Let me get some si- si- some Siberian tiger meat right. for my uh, lunch today. <laughs> for his poached egg. Did yeah. you you did hear me mention that I had a cardboard pizza from Costco yeah. last night for dinner? Right. Yeah. You need to train. You need to yeah. change your diet. Diet. Have some eggs, Benedict. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this next person called, and I'm not sure what prompted this, but she is very concerned about the lifestyle that I am leading, oh. and uh, I think we need to address this. Okay. Hi, Robin Casey. It's Alex from Greensburg. Uh, I absolutely loved your conversation from the voicemails today. Um, it is, Social Security is an entitlement program. I am 33 years old, and I know that I am not going to be taken care of when I'm ready to retire. It's an issue. But I want to have a conversation about something else um, since we're having an adult conversation. Rob, I feel like you're a person who knows that food shortages are coming. I feel like you've seen the warnings from the WEF that the cyber attacks are coming and that the power grid will go down. Why do you refuse to prep? Like, I feel like you've said multiple times that if if the stores didn't have food or if you couldn't go to McDonald's or the Taco Bell or the Applebee's in Brownsburg, that you'd go hungry. And I just feel like you're not preparing and it worries me. Wow. That was a really nice phone call from yes, her. Yes, very nice. Um, you know what? And that thought has crossed my mind many times because, you know, I, I live in a townhouse in yeah. the city now. Sure. And I don't have a yard, yeah. any place to plant. But I have said many times recently, man, maybe I should just go buy some land in the middle of nowhere and start growing my own food and be a, a gentlewoman farmer. Well, okay. So here, here's the thing, Casey. And uh, I was talking with my wife about this last night, that one of the things about getting older is recognizing the that many of your dreams will not come true but also recognizing the actual talents that you ended up having and the things that you can succeed at inside of the talents that you actually have and as a person who recognizes my talents as i approach 40 years old i realize i really have two talents and they are in this order cutting taxes <laughs> and being entertaining on the radio okay okay so farming butchering mm-hmm. All of those things not in my wheelhouse. Now, to the dismay of many, I don't actually lead as pathetic a life as sometimes is presented on this show. We do that for uh, for humor. I can cook my own food. I do buy food. However, look, if we get to the point where I've got to have more than a month's worth of stuff in my house, we got just problems beyond belief where I'm probably not going to make it anyway. <laughs> And by the way, my dad is my next-door neighbor, so I can always just say, out of the way, old man. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? I, I need food. So, I mean, essentially, so you're going you're gonna to wait for your dad to supply it for you? Well, I'm just saying if I run out. Look, Casey, if we are to the point where with two people having a month's supply of food and we run out of food, which is essentially probably two months of supply of food, if we're at that point, I mean, we've got, like, colossal problems that canned chili is not going to solve, right? <laughs> like, if the biggest problem I have at that point, if, if beef jerky or canned chili or ageless SpaghettiOs, I mean, if that, if I'm on that for a month or more, we have mm-hmm. just much bigger problems than what am I going to eat next? 
One of the things that she mentioned was the food shortages and something that has been on my mind ever since Russia went into Ukraine was the wheat. They're one of the biggest exporters of wheat yeah. in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, shortages of uh, cereal, bre- uh, just all of it, everything what? that wheat is involved in, but also the animal feed Yeah. is a shortage. And that is something that uh, will play out over time. Here's the ace I have up my sleeve, Casey. You've got corn in your backyard? Well, no. no. Well, yeah, no, I have the baby corn that grows in my backyard. Um, <laughs> but Farmer Ryan, who we've had on the show, I know. is a dear, dear, loyal friend in addition to being a listener. Mm-hmm. And I know that if it actually, I just will have enough gas to get me up to Wolcott mm-hmm. if it got so bad mm-hmm. that we could, he has, I'm sure he is totally prepared for the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And all I've got to do is be able to get to Wolcott, Indiana, mm-hmm. and then I'll be okay. So that's really my plan is to always keep a half a tank of gas right. in my car. Make sure. It, well, it's interesting you say that, half a tank of gas, because last night, seriously, as I'm laying in bed, I'm thinking to myself, okay, i got to make sure that the car has gas mm-hmm. and the motorcycle as well. Yeah. So that I can get up to Wolcott because I was invited up to the farm, yeah. and you better believe I'm going to take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. So I th- that's kind of my plan is to just... Uh, just milk off other people if indeed the apocalypse happens. <laughs> That's how you're prepping. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, we got a whole bunch of calls. People still want to keep this conversation going about Social Security mm-hmm. uh, that we've had over the past uh, several days. Let's uh, rapid fire those. Hey, Rob. Just a couple of quick, quick thoughts on Social Security. Uh, my brother passed uh, many years ago, but he had paid into Social Security for years. A lot of young people are... are have contributed to it, and the government has used the money back under Johnson when they started giving it to families of people who died and their children. Giving it to now, they're giving it to even illegal immigrants. It's that's the problem. How the government has has taken what originally was set up to work, and they've screwed it up. So. Hope things are going well. Great show. I'm living down here in Florida, loving it. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. That's the conversation. It's not whether grandma's going to lose her Social Security. So what do you do for the young people? And let's be, an, again, honest broker mm-hmm. with the with the taxpayers of this country, which is our theme for the day, that a bunch of people who shouldn't be getting it are getting it. And there is tons of waste, fraud, and abuse in the system. So when Kevin McCarthy, who Jim Banks voted for 15 times, comes out and says no reform to Social Security or Medicare, well, what about all the waste, fraud, and abuse? Mm-hmm. You're not even going to fight to get rid of the blatant waste, fraud, and abuse, much less being honest with people like Kevin that you're not going to get it. Let's just take that out of the equation. We're not even going to talk about blatant waste, fraud, and abuse, but I'm the bad guy. It's here. off the table. Yeah, it's, it's my fault, right? Yeah. The radio guy. Uh, what's next? Hi, you guys. This is Vanessa. I'm a longtime listener to the show, and I was listening when you were talking about um, I heard listen to the calls of people shooting the messenger, and I know, Rob, you love it when people hate you, but I don't hate you. I, I actually want to hear the truth. Um, I've been told all my life that the truth will set you free, and I believe that. Uh, the Bible says the truth offends people, and I believe that because people don't want to hear what they don't want to hear. They get offended, and they waste their energy shooting messengers when that's not going to fix the problem. Um, I appreciate being told the truth. And I am looking to retire next year, and here's the thing. I'm angry. I'm very angry. I'm angry with myself more than anybody else because for 45 years, I've paid tax dollars to a government that I trusted Mm. who has lied to us. And they're spending our money any way they want to. The thing is, 
we need to take our anger energy and put it toward being the squeaky wheel. Mm, They need to hear us so loud that they can't ignore us. People, quit wasting energy shooting messengers. Call the legislators. Call your local political officials and tell them they need to get with the program. And don't just vote people in because they're Republicans. That's crazy. That's all I got. Love you guys. Love your show. Thanks. She's so spot on for everything we talk about on this show, right? So let's review the people that are angry at me. Uh, Dumbass representative in Seymour is angry because I have the audacity to... to, ask what the plan is about property tax. Right, so instead of answering the plan, it's easier just to name call the radio guy. Mm -hmm. And newsflash, dumbass representative in Seymour screwing around all day on Facebook isn't going to make that property tax payment you make in May any lower. But hey, and there are people on his feet every time who instead of taking it at him, mm-hmm. take it at me. Great. That don't bother me in the least. What I feel bad for is you're allowing this guy and the 149 other people that he works with to skate off totally free because you like his stance on guns or weed or whatever. Because his stance on guns or weed is not going to make it so that you can afford to stay in your house. And I see this with all of these people. If you want to hate me, that's fine. But I don't have any power over anyone. Me asking the question doesn't raise or lower that bill you're going to pay in May. Him not doing anything does. and screwing around on Facebook all day, that does raise what you're going to pay in May. Me pointing out, and I'm sure when I go to that meeting on the 13th, by the way, hello, Brownsburg School Corporation School Board, I'll see you on the 13th, and asking the question about why the superintendent misled parents a month ago about the DEI officer and why you don't have the guts to call it a DEI officer, even though in the job description, it clearly says diversity, equity, inclusion. There'll be a whole bunch of radical loonies, especially now that they know that I'm coming because people (laughs) love to show up for the show. that are going to boo and hiss and holler and everything else. Instead of asking the superintendent of Brownsburg schools, why did you just tell these parents a month ago that the DEI officer was done? And why aren't you calling this a DEI officer? Because clearly that's the job of this person is that of a DEI officer. It's just easier to hate the person who asked the questions or the person who publicly speaks out loud and this lady's 100% right until you actively get more involved these people will continue to use abuse and take advantage of you because they think you're stupid and they think you're suckers so you have it uh, pinned at the top of your Twitter account yes. the projected social security trust not, fund not balance I, I took it down because I had to I had to uh, you can only pin one thing, mm-hmm. and I felt pinning how the superintendent of Brownsburg Schools did that take the place. Uh, it's yes. on your feed though at yes, Rob M. Kendall. Absolutely. You can see the projected Social Security trust fund balance at year end, and the slope starts to really go down in 2024, and it really starts to nosedive around 2027. Yep. All right. So, All right. Hammers next. We're going to try to get some squeeze some uh, Super Bowl betting advice out of him. All right. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. It's in front of 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammers in the studio. So Patrick Mahomes won MVP. Was that the right choice? Right choice. 100% the right choice. And we were talking off the air a little bit. You probably could give it to Patrick Mahomes every year, mm-hmm. you know, if you wanted to. But it's kind of like where we're at with when Michael Jordan was in the NBA. 
you could probably give it to that dude every year, but you're going to have to give it to somebody else once in a while. Remember Carl Malone won an MVP? <laughs> Charles Barkley, I think, won an MVP just because they got tired of giving yep. it to Jordan every Same year. Same guy all the time. You got to spread the love around. Right. Joe Burrow had a good year. Mm-hmm. He played a lot better at the end of the year than he did at the beginning. Jalen Hurts missed some time, so that cost him the award. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was the right choice. That's the guy. Now, I am a little upset, though, that Reggie Wayne did not get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, a lot of people thought that, though. I was listening to the uh, sports morning show rolling in, and they seemed yesterday pretty uh, adamant that he would not get in. He's kind of a tweener for me, right? Like, how much... And, and look, I get at the end of the day, your stats are your stats. But how much did having two great quarterbacks make him a great player? And let's face it, very early in his career, having Marvin Harrison. You're right. You're 100% right about that. But you look at the plays Reggie Wayne made. They weren't easy plays sometimes. Some of the biggest catches in the history of the franchise were tough one-handed or, you know, defenders all over him catches from Reggie Wayne. He was able to get the separation and get open, something we haven't seen in a long time here as a Colts fan. And I also look at some of the cats that got in last night. Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas was a good linebacker. He was a pro bowl linebacker. But a Zach Thomas Hall of Fame worthy at the linebacker position compared to what Reggie Wayne did at the wide receiver position. And Rondé Barber. Right. There's another one. There's another one. I, I wouldn't have known Rondé Barber from Brutus the Barber. <laughs> Brutus the Barber beefcake, greater than Rondé Antiki Barber. I mean, uh, so you look at that and you say, okay, Devin Hester. The guy literally reformed the entire position. Now, I'm a Bears homer, but there's never been a player like Devin Hester in the history of the NFL. If you're going to have the position of kick returner, then he warrants a spot in the Hall of Fame because he's the best kick returner of all time. He opened up a Super Bowl that way. That's the signature moment. Um, Yeah, I didn't love the Hall of Fame class last night. The only two of these five were Joe Thomas and Daryl Rivas who you would say, yeah, that just, uh, if you just like instant instant response, Joe Thomas is lineman for the Browns, and then uh, Darrell Rivas, the cornerback, Rivas Island for the right. Jets, and then a couple other teams, you would say instantly, yeah, absolutely. These other three guys, it's like, yeah, if you're going to say, and Torrey Holt didn't get in either. They have it out for wide receivers. Like the Hall of Fame committee in the NFL, they make it tough for receivers to get in. But I do want to give a hat tip to the Veterans Committee or whatever they call it for the NFL because they pick up the slack where the current voters drop the ball. Joe Klecko got in, and Joe Klecko deserved to get in a long time ago. Because he was on the Colts. Are you homering for him because he was on the Colts? No. Because he was in Smokey and the Bandit. (laughs) He was a friend of Burt Reynolds. And not only was he in Smokey and the Bandit 1, he was in Smokey and the Bandit 2, and Joe Klecko and Terry Bradshaw appeared in Cannonball Run. Yeah, I um, I, I wonder if that's how the conversation went. Well, you know, this guy's kind of on the line, and he probably didn't quite stack up. Well, gee, Frank, he was in Smokey and the Bandit. Well, hot damn, put that guy in. So it pushed him over the line. That's it. Okay, Super Bowl party and food. Uh, Do you ever get thematic like are you gonna have chili uh philadelphia cheesesteaks and kansas city barbecue we've done that in the past uh we did that last year when it was cincinnati and los angeles we went with like los angeles style sliders Mm -hmm. and uh, skyline skyline chili yeah this year uh we're just gonna get kind of the ricky bobby spread like we've done in the past just all out there but i do want to give a hat tip to uh friends of the show hoagies and hops Uh our friend christina she does a lot of great stuff for the community too they're combining 
some barbecue with their hoagies. Uh-oh. So you can get the Kansas City barbecue, the Philly cheesesteak hoagies. It's a like barbecue cheesesteak, and they've got that at Hoagies and Hops. I think I'll be doing SpaghettiOs this year for the Super Bowl. <laughs> you should do chicken wings. They're down 21%. The cost? Yeah. You know, that's interesting. You that's said that. the one big savings that you can get because alcohol's up 6%, meat and fish, everything else up 8%, except for the chicken wings. They're down 21%. Well, that's interesting you said that, Casey, because I the other day at Walmart got chicken wings on sale, hey. and that was pretty weird that anything is on sale anymore. Right. So, hey, somebody shows up with chicken wings, nobody's going to be upset, right? right. You're there'll not mad a, at it. Those be chicken wings or chicken legs? <laughs> chicken. Show up with chicken. Four fried chickens and a coke. <laughs> oh, what's coming up? Uh, beer sample Friday, biggest stories of the day, and uh, we'll have a good time. All right, thanks, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Go, go. Okay. 